Greg Proofs Film Club convenes during the year, love in the year of cholera. And the most astonishing night uh, in the history of distraction. Uh, once again, uh, Jennifer has curated an enormously, uh, unbelievably powerful picture. 1963, Akira Kurosawa's mystery detective classic, High and Low. That's where you applaud. This is the Greg Proof Film Club. We're on the air again at the confabulation that defines cinema, the Aero Theater here, located in the white people district of Sakamakata. Um, they're gonna show Purple Rain and have Morris Day here and I can't come on that night because I'm busy. Except that the plague's happening and so I might be home, so I might come anyway. Um, unless they ban gatherings of 12 people or more, in which case I won't be here. Um, Purple Rain was such an amazing movie. Aren't we gonna talk about the movie we're showing tonight? Back off, it's my film club. <laughs> if you're old enough to remember when Purple Rain came out, and you're not, it was great. Because Purple Rain's one of those awesome movies where 20 minutes of it is the best movie of all time. <laughs> and the other hour and 40 minutes, you're like, for real? Um, there's scenes of Prince acting. Yes, I just said that. It's like David Bowie. I love them both more than life itself. And that was the worst year that ever happened when they both um, entwined off into the heavens and became part of the opalescent firmament. But having said that, their acting was sketchy. I mean, we're talking cinematically here because this is what this movie show does. That and wave around useless pieces of paper that have no idea what's written on them. And um, I'm so ecstatic they're showing Purple Rain. Um, Morris Day uh, steals the goddamn movie and he's in 12 minutes of the movie, maybe 15, 20. Um, it's just fantastic. Um, the funk is um, presiding in that movie. By the way, I thought I was gonna raise this mic stand a little bit here. And I want you to notice that it goes from anemone to mollusk. Anemone to mollusk. Anemone, yeah, that should be more filmic, but it isn't. It's more like um, Bill Nye in that um, disappointing Pirates of the Caribbean movie where they take the most gorgeous actor of all time and put a giant fish head on him for the entire movie. I assume that was at um, Johnny Depp's, I was gonna say Billy Depp because that's what he should really be called, don't you think? Don't you think Johnny Depp should change his name to Billy Depp because it's douchier? I'm gonna wait for the votes to come in on this one. I seem to have collected them now. Um, tonight's picture is so astonishing, but not as astonishing as Prince's acting in Purple Rain. There's a scene where he takes Apollonia Katero to Lake Minnetonka, and uh, she removes a good deal of her uh, vestments and then jumps in the lake because he describes the lake as being sacred to the people of that area. And then uh, it's quite cold and she's uh, huffed off and she goes, wow. And he goes, I didn't think you'd do it. And you're like, that, that's not writing. That's going to Roscoe's and ordering the waffle and chicken plate. And you're high and shit. However, having said that, um, I feel that um, no night that we've ever performed this um, Greg Proofs Film Club, curated by my wife Jennifer, has there ever been more need for distraction than there has been on this night. Uh, this, this might be, uh, there is no more cake, all of it is taken. 
And what is enormously gratifying, as uh, Prince Charles would say, is um, that there's so many goddamn people here. And hooray for you. Let's hear it. That, to me, is the part that makes me cavell. Uh, for those of you who don't speak Yiddish, that means, like, in white people talk, like, hooray. Um, thank you for my Jews. Uh, I fell because this many people came out on a night when clearly uh, the downturn of society has been marked on the Venn diagram and uh, that uh, the winnowing of the herd is uh, to, to take place apace. And I think that's what makes me love you more than anyone I've ever loved in my life, including my family, and I mean that. <laughs> my immediate family, I, I detest almost uh, with a, a varnished emotional uh, redwood burl kind of sheen. And you people I like more. Um, oh, fuck this. Let's carry on. Um, Purple Rain is <laughs> at once uh, an apotheosis and an, an, uh, an indictment of the 80s. It's also everything that's great about um, funk music from the 80s. And it's also everything that's bad about script writing that ever happened in the history of cinema. <laughs> that's what makes it so good. Another note, um, the night Prince um, ferried off uh, into the effervescent stars and took his place in the firmament where his name is writ every night large in gigantic violet uh, supernovas was the night that he was reintroduced to YouTube because he'd had a terrible uh, Pleistocene kind of um, edict against any of his videos being put on YouTube. The, the instant that his spirit walked on, um, I saw a concert of Purple Rain that I'd seen in 1984 when I was on Mushrooms at the Cow Palace in San Francisco. And the entirety of the show was um, put on YouTube that night. And what an exhilarating moment to see people, artists unfettered and untethered in their own amazing genius. And I really believe that Prince had that. Uh, print, uh, Purple Rain's not just a great movie because it's fun and there's jams in it and shit. It's also like one of those testaments like Hard Day's Night, right? Or, or, or um, what's the one with Dylan where he's harsh? Thank you. I knew what the name of it was, but I love that you yelled it out. Don't look back. Or uh, um, Watt Stacks, right? Um, those kind of testaments uh, to pictures where uh, people are being uh, violently truthful beyond any measure and there's no containing them or uh, um, denying how uh, brave they are as artists at that point. Um, this picture tonight um, is not Purple Rain. However, there's several analogies. There aren't, but I'm going to try to force this point as hard as I can for a really long time. Um, first of all, uh, you have to understand that I've stalked stars my entire life. And I don't mean in a creepy way. I mean in an awesome celebratory way. Thank you. Um, Max von Sydow is um, not only settled in the stars, Max von Sydow is at this moment telling the afterworld what it should be like and how it's letting him down. If you know anything about Max von Sydow, you know that he was the most brooding, charismatic, sexy, dynamic, tall, um, enchanted, uh, artistic character that ever existed in film, along with Tishir Mifuni, the star of this picture, 
and Marcello Mastroianni, who, in I believe Jennifer and mine's estimation, are the greatest film uh, um, actors of all time, in so much as not only do they have a hilarious sense of humor, they're also beyond, beyond, as, uh, as far as definitive film roles go, um, describing the human condition. And Max von Sydow, uh, we were at the uh, TCM, yes, I dare say it on this microphone, the Turner Classic Movie Film Festival several years ago. And uh, we went and Max von Sydow arrived at this giant party we were at. And by the way, um, we were thrown out of the table we were on so that Tippi Hedren could take the table with her party. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm cool. I'm just saying that Tippi Hedren bumped me and that I was willing to take the bump from Tippi Hedren. Um, a lot of you are like, who's Tippi Hedren, Greg? Um, Tippi Hedren uh, uh, dominated film for uh, um, up to no period of time in the early 60s. However, she was in, fantastically, Hitchcock's The Birds and Marnie with Sean Connery. Um, Hitchcock's The Birds scared the living devil out of me when I was a child. I don't know if any of you have seen it, obviously. Um, some, thank you. Um, the best parts of the movie are Tippi Hedren paddling across uh, uh, Point Reyes in a rowboat with her a twin, like sort of a skirt, uh, a coat set on and a bird like bites her head at one point and then she comes in and goes a seagull bit me it was odd and you're like yeah that's what sets this one off as a sci-fi thriller um tippy hedren's outfits and uh, the idea that it's in west marin the entire picture um give a white people thrill to it that is hitherto unknown in hitchcockian <laughs> motion pictures um and then, of course, there's the matter of, uh, uh, of Max von Sydow. So we were at this um, TCM film festival, and Max von Sydow came. He was there uh, to watch The Seventh Seal, uh, the undeniable classic by Ingmar Bergman, where he plays a returned Swedish knight from the Crusades who's seen too much terror and too much horror and has come back to Sweden and sees that his country's in the midst of a plague. I don't want to get too close to the bone here or too much on the button, uh, but that's how these things work in film because metaphor always ends up landing right on black. <laughs> so here we are, and uh, years ago we saw um, Max von Sydow come to uh, uh, expound upon the seventh seal. And uh, Max von Sydow was interviewed by Leonard Maltin, and it was one of the great interviews I've, uh, and Jennifer and I have ever seen by a film, um, actor because Leonard Bolton said, well, tell me about, you know, being in the greatest story ever told, which horribly I've talked about in my other podcast, The Smartest Man in the World, not but two weeks ago. And I feel kind of responsible um, in so much as no one ever talks about the movie, The Greatest Story Ever Told, and yet I did. And now Max von Sydow has shuffled off. I don't think that I had anything to do with it. I just feel that my timing was ulteriorly wrong. Um, in any case, Max von Sydow plays Jesus. Uh, that's Jesus Christ to you. In the movie, The Greatest Story Ever Told. However, he's a giant six foot four Swedish person. His comment upon the movie was, George Stevens made a wonderful movie that has lots of beautiful visuals. Uh, however, it's highly boring. There's lots of me walking, importantly walking. 
because he speaks with a Swedish accent in the movie and that's never addressed through the entire movie. <laughs> Jesus goes, blessed are the poor for they shall be the ones who say that. And you're like, oh no. But it's Max von Sydow. Um, and I, I, I don't slight either of them for that. In this talk that we saw with Leonard Malton, Leonard Malton said to him, after you played Jesus, what happened? And he went, well, I went to Hollywood, but casting directors have very little imagination, so they always wanted to cast me as the Pope or a priest. And of course, he played the priest in The Exorcist, which is unforgettable. But even more unforgettable, in my estimation, is the hitman in Three Days of the Condor. Thank you. We went to see a showing of Three Days of the Condor, a screening, if you will. And Max von Sydow was there with his sexy French wife. And she um, had his arm up to a certain point. And Jennifer and I were in the audience and we saw him with her. And he removed himself from her arm and walked his last way to the stage to do the interview for Three Days of the Condor. And then carried on after the interview was over, watching the picture until his first two scenes were over. And then he fucked off. Here's an even better Max von Sydow story. We went to a party at the TCM festival. And because it's TCM, um, people didn't um, have as good of wardrobe as they might have. A lot of mixed variables on that one. Please switch your phone to Mozart. We can hear it. At this point, we're all wondering why you can't hear it. <laughs> well, you finally answered it. How's your friend in Palmdale? <laughs> Nobody? Really? Okay. All right. All right. No. 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 Sorry. How's your friend in Canyon Country? Nobody? Nothing? Okay. All right. I forgot we're in Santa Monica. People here are like, I haven't been that far. Foods in Venice Beach. Um, Max Van Sydow was at this party and he showed up with his whole family. His whole family, right? Like his daughter, his wife, everybody, his son. And then they had Lulu get up. Lulu from the 60s who sang To Sir With Love because they were showing the picture. So Lulu got up and sang To Sir With Love with a combo. And it wasn't as, you know, it was okay. Um, Max von Sydow's family had left him at that point and Max von Sydow's face during the song when Lulu sang was like the <laughs> angry and I've never been as happy as I've ever been in my life as a film fan um, having Max von Sydow glare at Lulu during the singing of To Sir With Love there was no reason to be angry at her it's you know it's what it is as we say in Hollywood um, however, he took major umbrage at it. So, Tashira Mifuni, I believe that um, his uh, pictures, the dozen and more pictures that he made with Akira Kurosawa are uh, beyond indelible, obviously. And uh, Kurosawa said, uh, Tashira Mifuni was thrown forward in an audition where uh, it wasn't a, a matter of uh, who was going to be in the picture. It was like this open audition thing. And Toshiro kind of lost his shit in front of everyone and didn't get anything. And 
Kurosawa said, I've never remembered anyone that way I remember Tishit Mifuni. And Mifuni said, the pictures I made with Kurosawa are everything. And you'll see that in this picture tonight. So years ago, Jennifer and I were at the Cherry Blossom Festival in San Francisco, Ooh. which takes place in Japantown. And Japantown is a mixed bag. I mean, there's a hardware store and there's all these restaurants and there's all these places. And um, you can uh, uh, you know, have ramen and whatnot. And there's Korean places as well. And in any case, Toshima Funi was there because they were showing a bunch of his pictures. And he was wearing, and this will hip you to the, how it was going down, traditional Japanese garb. So he had a kimono on and sandals and the white socks, the whole thing, uh, uh, wooden sandals, whatnot. And Jennifer and I caught up with him and we followed him down the street. He left the thing, uh, the Cherry Blossom Festival and the Film Festival on his own and was not accompanied and carried on down the street to a, a flat they'd put him in. Jennifer and I walked on the other side of the street. Um, he clocked us and saw that we were dangerous and uh, that we were uh, venerating him and walking on the other side of the street. When he got to uh, his address, he stopped and turned and Jennifer and I applauded for him and he stopped and went in his enormous top knot, kimono and uh, wooden clogs and white socks went. And that's what I remember about Tishiro Mifuni. He was a man of ultimate dignity and uh, tremendous poise and promise. There's nothing more exciting than an Akura Kurosawa film uh, starring Tishiro Mifuni from 1963, High and Low.